This week's episode of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast is dedicated to the memories of the Chapecoense team who tragically died in a plane crash earlier this week. At around 3.15 UK time in the morning of Tuesday 29th November, the year 2016 claimed yet more innocent lives as it prepares to say goodbye. Chapecoense Football Club were on their way to Medellin in Colombia to play the first leg of the final of the Copa Sudamericana, the South American equivalent of the Europa League final, against Atletico Nacional. Chapecoense are a team from the small city of Chapeco in the south of Brazil, who have been enjoying their best season ever, having been promoted to Serie A of the Brasileirão, the England's Premier League, in 2014. They are currently in ninth position in the league, ahead of giants of Brazilian football such as Sao Paulo, Fluminense and Internacional, with one game to go. As my friend and fellow Spurs supporter Terry Whitty, who also lives in Brazil, says, it's as if Bournemouth had reached the Europa League final. The team's plane was approaching Medellin International Airport in Colombia when it crashed in, in a mountainous area, killing all but six of the passengers and crew. British memories will immediately rush back to the Munich air disaster of 6th of February 1958, when eight Manchester United players were killed in an air crash along with 15 others. I wasn't even one year old when it happened, but many will remember how it hit the population as a whole, be they football fan or not, be they Manchester United fan or not. And now Brazil is feeling those very same sentiments. The TV news is flooded with little else, but reports about the crash. Twitter feeds and Facebook posts are the outlets for people to express their sympathy and horror at what has happened to this small football club with great aspirations. Last year's Premier League victory by Leicester City galvanised small football clubs all over the world. They thought, if Leicester can do it, maybe we can too. Chapecoense were Brazil's Cinderella club, the club that had gatecrashed the top tier of Brazilian football, and they were living the dream. And now the dream is shattered, destroyed by the cruel hand of fate. Sons and daughters, parents, siblings, lovers and friends have all been lost, and football has lost an inspiration. Brazil is mourning the ripping apart of its own footballing fairy tale. The last round of the Brasileirão has been postponed to be played at a later date. Brazil is numb. The sun will continue to shine as normal today, but nobody in Brazil will celebrate its presence. A dark cloud hangs over the country as it tries to come to terms with a tragedy. As fellow football fans, but more importantly as human beings, I'm sure that everyone is united with me in sending positive thoughts to the families and friends of those that perished and in wishing the few survivors a speedy and full recovery. The dream is over, 
but will never be forgotten. The players are gone, but will never be forgotten. The Phoenix will rise again. Foster Shappy. That was the voice of Greg Taylor. Um, this is Season 3, Episode 15 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, Greg, of course, from Brazil. Boa tarde, todo mundo. And back for the first time this season, firstly, Rob Wills from Plymouth. Ni hao. <laughs> and Devan, <laughs> Devan Pandya from Leicester. Hello, everybody. Right. Uh, we only went and won a bloody game of football, 5-0. Um <laughs> Let's begin with let's begin begin with that. Um, we've got some we've got some questions. I'm gonna, I'm just going to go straight in, in in the questions that we had um, around the game. Um, John Steggles, who um, I was at, who watched the game with me at White Hart Lane, asks um, or makes a point. It's one about as one sided as a Gillingham game, a return to fo- to form or just shit opposition. Um, similar sort of thing. David Phipps, Swansea looked really bad. So can we take anything from this game? Rob, if I come to you first. Well, I, 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 <laughs> I was kind of ecstatic and, you know, yesterday I was like, oh, maybe I'm 5 0. Looking at Swansea and the, the, the fact that they won 5 4 last week, I, I, I wouldn't say that they're a shit opposition. Yes, they're bottom of the table, but um, it was definitely a much better game, for, I think, from our point of view. Um, still seem to be lacking a little bit on our pressing game, in my opinion. But yeah, we were definitely looking good. And poor old Hugo, what, one save to do yesterday. <laughs> it was a very cold day yesterday, and I, I wouldn't have liked to have been in his position because he must have been, his hands must have been freezing. Um, had nothing to do. Oh yeah, just dance around in the goal. I bet wouldn't he? You know. Like, come on, send the ball my way, please. Give me something to do. <laughs> Dev, should we, should should we be jumping with joy, Dev, um, after that result? Or, or um... well, um, I think um, if we uh, if we win five and we're not jumping for joy, then there's a problem there. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, yes, absolutely, jump for joy. Um, I think we need to look at this in the right perspective. The fact of the matter is, first of all. Uh, talking about Swansea, you're okay. First of all, they've received a lot of negative press recently purely because Bob Bradley isn't Ryan Giggs. Now that's English uh, media for you, tabloid gutter media for you, that as far as they're concerned, their man didn't get the job. But the reality is that Bob Bradley is an established coach and uh, he's done it at international level as well. And uh, he's come into a different league, uh, which any new manager would struggle in. And he's picked up a team which was already in a bad position and he's trying to uh, mark his his style on them. Now, if you look at teams like Swansea, if you look at teams like Stoke, if you look at teams like Sunderland, they've all struggled at the beginning at some stage and they're all uh, developing revivals at at some level or other. Um, I don't think it's wise to have gone into that game to say, yeah, obviously... You know, Spurs are going to thrash Swansea and obviously Swansea are terrible. Uh, had we um, taken that attitude yesterday, we would have probably ended up with egg on our face. So we have, to, from, from from our point of view, we have to do what we have to do. We did it well. Now, yes, Swansea did look bad. But um, the fact is that we, we did a, a job 
very well, considering that we've uh, we've been missing our spine for a long time. Mm. You've you've got to win these games. I've said it before. Um, it doesn't matter who the opposition is. You've got to beat what's put in front of you. And I could, I could, on on another day we could have gone into that match and maybe won it two nil. And fans would be bemoaning the fact that we weren't convincing or we should have got more. Um, yeah. We we did what we had to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at um, the the way we've played recently um, over the last, I think, like six or seven games, and the opposition that we've had, um, we've had to play against good teams without our regular spine, which is Alderweireld, Dyer, Ali, and Kane. That's our spine. Mm. Yeah, we've not had those players in those positions, and despite that, we were unbeaten. So defence isn't necessarily the issue, uh, but nevertheless, we were unbeaten. And when we did get beaten by Chelsea, um, we gave them a bloody good game in the first half. And um, they came out really strongly in the second half. And in yesterday, you can see how good they are. Um, and before that, we played Bournemouth, came out with a nil-nil. Everyone's thinking that the apocalypse has arrived. And yet this afternoon, they've just beaten Liverpool 4-3, who are supposed to be title contenders. So I think if you look at teams in a you know wider perspective there are no rubbish teams out there but you still have to do a job and without your best players you take the spine out of any any team uh, whether it's Manchester City or Chelsea or anybody else you take that spine out they're they're going to suffer just as much as we have but it's sometimes easier to point the finger at Spurs and say oh yeah look at them they're just they obviously haven't got the teeth for it haha same old Spurs Mm. but the reality is we've done incredibly well and yesterday was as an affirmation of the fact that look you've got a team here who are kind of trying to find their feet. You know, we need to get back into fifth gear again. Let's start here. And, and fair play to the boys. They, they did the job. Greg, what was your take on the match? Well, regarding the questions, John, I, um, I would say that it was a return to form. Um, more importantly, a return to form of Deli Ali Dembele and more importantly, Christian Eriksen. Because mm-hmm. um, Ericsson has been a bit off and on. He's gone missing a bit recently, but um, he, he he was he was integral to the win yesterday. He he was great. I mean, I because I'm a Lamella man, I do tend to look at Ericsson as well and do a bit of comparison of the two. But Ericsson yesterday, he was even tackling. You know, um, I, I I think that this is a return to form. Hopefully, we'll keep it up because we need them to be on song against Man United next week, of course. Um, were, were, were Swansea shit op- opposition? Well, I don't think we should always try to denigrate a good p- performance by looking for the negatives, saying the opposition was poor. Because they're in the Premier League, so they're not shit. You know, this is it's unusual for them to be bottom of the league at the moment as well. Um, and you've got to give us credit. We did our bit to help Swansea look poor. We were on song yesterday. We were, the passing was crisp. There were there were hardly any um, loose passes or or sloppy passing, which has been a feature of the last last few games. That seems to have been tightened up. So yeah, I I, I think it was a as 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 everybody says, it sh- we should be jumping about for joy because it's a five win five nil win. We haven't won by that margin since two thousand and twelve, I think. Um, okay, we did five against Bournemouth last season, but they got one against us. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it was a cracking win. You know, let's let's revel in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I I think that that um, Swansea were. I think they always look, look there for the taking. I did. I wasn't particularly impressed with them, and I was never at any stage worried. There are some games where you watch, um, watch us against inferior opposition, and the game drags on a bit, and, and we haven't scored, and you just feel Ooh, if we go into it half time nil nil, the other team's going to come back in the second, come out in the second half. Yeah. West Brom, for example, earlier this season, they're going to come come back a bit between their tails, and and, and they're going to have. You know, Bit of a spring in their step and 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 make it difficult for us. I never felt that with 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 Swansea. I, I didn't think they were great, but um, you know you've got to you've got to beat what's put in front of you, and um, we did that convincingly. And and we needed we needed a result like that, and we needed we needed a win like those wins that we had last season, whether that was Bournemouth away or Villa at home. Um, maybe at home with three one, but say West Ham at home four one. Um, we you know we needed a win with a high goal margin. A, it's good for our goal difference, but B, just generally from a confidence point of view. So, um, it's good, and I think overall everybody played particularly well. My man of the match was was for Tonga, and I thought he had a really good game at the back. But just generally, I could you couldn't find any flaws um in the team. I think the starting eleven did did really well. The race didn't have much to do. I didn't have anything to do. But um, overall, I think it was a good game. Um, Chad, could I just also mention one thing mm-hmm. that um, it's it's easy to look at the result and say, yeah, obviously it was a walkover. But for the first forty minutes, it was nil nil, or for at least thirty five minutes, it was nil nil. So, um, and and despite that, we were attacking over and over again. But they're obviously not a rubbish team if they can hold out for that long, knowing that they're going to be swamped with wave after wave of attacks no that they're not I just, I just think that going forward they didn't really offer that much or, or, or look um threatening but i mean as, as as greg said they're a premier league team um you know they're a decent outfit i think the, yeah, the comparison yeah, with with Gilligan is a bit harsh but um there's a couple of questions. So Brian Campbell, I mean, this is a bit tongue in cheek. Cheek. Only five goals. Are we <laughs> underachieving? And then John <laughs> Steckles, um, more serious point. Twenty-eight shots on target. One in six converted. Were we wasteful? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember it being that many. But there were. There were quite. There were a few chances. I think Kane had a chance. Um, Fabianski made a save. Um, there were a few, but um, there's one from Walker, wasn't there? Yeah, it was one from Walker. A yeah, cracking yeah. shot, considering he's not an he's not a front, uh, an attacker, and that he had nearly had his face taken off by Neil Taylor in the first half. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah, that 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 should have been a yellow card, for mm. me at least. Accidental, but dangerous play. Yeah. Anyway, going back to the question: <laughs> wasteful or not? Second? No, of course it's not. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was wasteful. I mean, the the fact is that's how we play, and. You, you have to create the chances, but like like we've already established that, that Swansea are not a rubbish side. That they, they knew that coming to White Hart Lane, they're going to be they're going to have to spend most of their time defending and taking their opportunities, which is what they did for most of the time. But our our responsibility was to 
just go and play our natural game, which we did. That is our natural game. We we are always in the well, we're mostly in the high twenties when it comes to shots on target. Anyway, now it's just become accepted that that's how Spurs play. Um, I've got our stats here actually from yesterday. Uh, we had twenty eight to their one shot, fifteen mm. on target. They had none. Uh, seven off target. They had none. <laughs> Six blocked uh, to their one. So yeah, we did have twenty-eight. On the um, um, Dev, you mentioned that it was what the fortieth minute when we scored. So on that on that goal, um, before, before on that penalty, on that decision, be, before we talked about, talk about the, the rights and the wrongs of it, was it a penalty? Was it, was it not? Was it a dive? Um, firstly, j- whatever anyone thinks, um, it wouldn't have made made a jot jot of difference one one way or the other. We were always going to win that game con- convincingly. Um, I, I think that that's the first thing to be said. Um, but in terms of the actual decision, um, just to start with you, Rob, and I'll, I'll go around. Um, Rob, did you think it was a penalty, or did you think that Ali dived? What's your? Well, after looking at several different angles, um, I, I was I'm ashamed to say it, but I think Ali dived. Um, he, he was trailing his leg, and he called it on Norton's. Um, I think he was looking for the contact, got it, and uh, went over, to be honest. That's my opinion. Um, Obviously, everyone's got uh, their own opinion on it, but uh, yeah, I think he dived. Um, But as you you said, you know, we were always going to win that game. So even without the penalty, I think we were still going to go on and win 4 0 anyway. Okay, Greg? Uh,. It looks soft to me. I haven't I haven't seen any real close-ups, and certainly the ref had no chance to see any close-ups. Um, I think you, you you pointed out that it it didn't seem that he he took an age to decide for me, but in the ground you said it seemed like it took an age for him to decide. Yeah, um, it it felt as though initially my my reaction was Ali's gone. This is in real time. Ali's gone down, and he's going to get booked for diving. Waited yeah. and waited and waited, and then I was very surprised that he gave a penalty. Well, I was surprised that he gave any decision, and I, I was even surprised that I, I thought it was outside of the box. Um, that's that's you know watching it in the ground. That was my first first reaction. Um, I'll come to I'll come to what I thought subsequently, having see, seen it a few times on on the box. Um, Dev, what was your take? Was it a dive or was it a penalty? Yeah, it was a dive. Um, I can see why the referee gave it. I mean, the, on um, on the um, coverage, they they suggested that John Moss was waiting for confirmation from his linesman, and the linesman must have said, "Yeah, it looks to me like a penalty." So he said, "Okay, well, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty." And in real time, you can see why, because he, he he, you know, Deli Ali absolutely like motors past the defender and 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 basically uh, gets what he needs, but. It's a shame, really, because, you know, he doesn't need that. Um, you know, you look at other players do it. You see Jamie Vardy do it all last season. You're just like, come on, man. This is just out of order. And and I suppose it's, um, you know, as, as as a supporter, you just think, well, at least, you know, on merit, you know, we are where we are, what we've achieved. Um, you know, we didn't go about it by cheating, which essentially is. Berbatov had this when he first came to the mm-hmm. lane and, and, you know, the fans didn't support it. The players didn't like it. So he cut it out. But it's a shame. You know, he doesn't need that. Why do it? 
Okay, I'm, 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 I've got, I've got, a f- I've got a follow-up question, which, which I'll ask you all, all in a minute. But I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to give my. Go on, Greg. Yeah, I was just going to say. Um, I think a problem as well is that he's very theatrical when he falls. It's like he's been training with with uh, Buzz Lightyear. You know, he he falls creative. He flies creatively. Um, Bale and Neymar, but they both used to be the same. Um, and we used to say that's because they were going so fast that that when you get clipped, you go flying. Um, there is truth to that, but I I, I think Delhi Alley does do what they used to do as well. He, they they kind of make the most of it. When 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 you said about Vardy just now, I, I I was thinking you can almost imagine the next phase for him would be doing cartwheels when he goes over. Yeah, I don't yeah. think Deli Ali is as bad as that, um, but he 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 does need to he does need to calm down a bit. Although look at where Bale Bale and Neymar are, you know, is that a good omen for Delhi's career? Although I don't want him to go to Barcelona <laughs> or Real Madrid, of course. Oh, he, he, Greg, I've just had a vision of Jamie Vardy playing up front for Barcelona now. Ah. <laughs> um, he, Rob? He got, in, he got into the, Euro, the UEFA team, didn't he? The UEFA team. Into, the, um, into the, the list for the UEFA team. We didn't have anybody in there. I, I'm, I'm amazed. Did we not have, Vardy Al- was in did there. We not have Al- Alvaro in there? I don't think so. I, I didn't see his name. Mind you, there were a lot of names. 105, Rob, I think. Rob, you're about to say something? Yeah, when you were saying that, uh, or when you and uh, everyone else was talking about uh, the referee's decision, um, I think what, what, from what I saw, when Ali went down initially, um, Mossy was uh, shaking his head, giving it no, 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 no penalty, and then next thing I know, he's pointing into the spot, and mm. I thought, what? <laughs> so I think initially he thought, you know, possibly a dive, but. Obviously, you know, he got word in his ear from either the linesman or the fourth official saying, no, give it. Okay, so I think I'm the only person amongst the panel and just generally um, from what I've heard elsewhere that I, I, I I think it was a penalty. Having seen it again and seen the replays, I think that um, that Ali was coming at pace, Norton stuck, stuck a leg, leg out and his trailing leg just caught Ali there was the slightest bit of contact and then Ali went went down and for me that was a penalty and I and I would say that I make the distinction between diving and falling I think that if you I, I would class somebody who dives as somebody who deliberately without any contact being made deliberately goes to the ground seeking a penalty a fall I would define as something like for example Michael Owen coming with pace mm-hmm. bail that you mentioned even Jürgen, Jürgen Klinsmann, I remember when he first came to to England, he said that he would he would he would that sometimes when you're going at such pace that just the slightest little clip can can take you down, and then if you fall, you can do the old English thing of oh um, somebody somebody clipped you, but you 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 try to stay on your feet or whatever, or you can do the continental thing, which is to fall, which is slightly different from from. Um, from cynically diving, it's seeking an opportunity. Somebody cl- clips you, slightest bit of contact, and then you, you go for it. And I think that that's what Ali did. And I I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't, and I think there's that's there's something very very different um, to actually blatantly d- diving or, or, or cheating. I, I think contact contact was made, but we'll have to agree mm. to disagree on that one. But the question I've got for, for all three of you is. 
if that was a situation, I don't know, the last day of the season or, or and and we were, I don't know, competing for the title or it might be fourth place or it might be a, a cup final and Deli Ali or whoever or some other Spurs player is in that situation and there's a penalty given to us and let's just say it's it's one of those a bit like yesterday where it's a um, contentious decision would you be bemoaning it or would you would you want your player to to be in that situation and 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 win us a penalty i i i would say i would still com- kind of not complain so much but i would still um recognize that it was dodgy but the ref gave it you know so it hmm. it's it's out of our hands anyway nothing we say has any any bearing on on the decision or what happens so I would accept it, and I would probably say a bit dodgy, but I'm glad it happened. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd go for that as well. I mean, ultimately, you know, none of us are going to, uh, you know, approach the whole thing stoically. Where if you're playing for the title, um, and it all comes down to that, I'm, I wouldn't. <laughs> if, I, if I was Pochettino, I wouldn't sit in there at halftime and say, "Right, everyone, just throw yourselves to the floor and get a penalty." <laughs> <You know? laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to that degree. However, by the same by the same token, if uh, if it happens, then you're like, "Well, okay." In uh, in 50 years' time, no one's going to remember the fact that you know Deli Ali had a dubious penalty given to him, but we'll all remember the fact that we won the title. Mm. Yeah. So uh, it's it's the convenience of being able to say, "Well, I don't think that's uh, the right thing to do," but the reality is, when you need it, you need it. I just, I just feel we've had over the years we've had so many contentious decisions go against us. We've had so many decisions, decisions which, which aren't even contentious, which are clear cut. Um, you know, the, the Pedro Mendes goal. I think actually there was a question a few weeks ago from yourself, Greg, about um, yeah. injustices. You know, and the you know, for example, the Pedro Mendes goal, which there was no sense of ambiguity. The ball had crossed the line clearly, um, or, or the one I think I cited. Um, I think it was Terry. Or Cahill, maybe Terry, uh, um, in an FA Cup semi-final where they scored a goal, um, and it h- hadn't crossed the line, but it was given or something like that. You know, we've had so many. Well, dis- I, the one I always remember, Jeff. Sorry to interrupt you. Is, mm. is Lampard in the league against us, and Gomez was in yeah, goal. Yeah, that's the one I'll always remember. Everyone says Pedro Mendes, and obviously that one will always stick out. But the one that we always forget is. Uh, it was a big grudge match. I think it was like a Saturday evening game yeah, as well. Yeah, so Sandro uh, scored first for us. Yeah, that that's game. right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, he absolutely like blasted it into mm-hmm. the goal. And then uh, Lampard, like uh, I think it, um, it hit Gomez or like clipped his ankle, and then he grabbed it, and the goalkeeper and the referee said, "Yeah, that's a goal." It's like, come on, man! Now that now that's a proper injustice. Mm. But things like this, okay, in in the um, you know, in the scope of this weekend's matches you'll think okay you know that thing happened but you're not going to look back on it five years from, i mean swansea certainly won't look back on it five years from now and say yeah do you remember that that penalty that spurs got against us i think yeah i think it'll be for, for, it'll be forgotten about and you know if swansea get relegated at the end of the season it won't be because of one no. decision and and i'd like to think if hopefully we'll do well over the course of the season and then there'll be you know we'll remember ali for the moments of skill for 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 creating chances for his goals and less less of those sort of should we say talking points because you know I'm still of the mindset that it wasn't deliberate but but um lots of fans um think differently and, and and also I think it was a couple of seasons ago we had a season where we didn't even get a penalty mm. yeah so we do we do a few 
Um, got a few questions on Sissoko. Um, so he came off the bench yesterday. Um, Sack, I'm just going to read them all out at once. Sack, Gasnola, will, will, Sissoko, will Sissoko get any credit for making our last goal or are people too busy hating Terry Whitty, Sissoko hit or miss or just too early to make that judgment? And then John Steggles um, uh, suggested that he added best game for us despite it just being a cameo. Um, the point that John was making to me yesterday we, we, we said this before the match and then during also when he came on it was noticeable. Um, is he playing him through is playing him through the middle the most effective use of him as opposed to where he has played him so far where, where Maurizio Pochettino has played him so far which is on the wing on the right wing um, you know, is, is, he, is he being played out, out of position because I would argue that I think for France, he played in the centre of midfield in the Euros. And for us, for whatever reason, Pochettino sticking him out on the right-hand side. And that's not his fav- That's not his strongest position. But is that an excuse at the same time? Where do we all stand on Sissoko? Um, Rob? But I- <sighs> Sissoko, don't get me started. I think we wasted money on him, to be honest. Well, we yeah. could have we could have made that same argument about Lamella a few years ago, isn't it? Just a, perhaps a little bit too early to to to, to be saying that. Well, I mean, it's a French international. You know, um, to, I, I to be honest, before we bought Lamella, I'd never heard of him. Um, but I, since day one, I've I've liked I've liked him. I, I've looked I looked into him when we bought him. Um, it, to me, wasn't exactly earth-shattering for Newcastle. Uh, he has one fantastic tournament with the, with the World Cup, and then all of a sudden he's worth thirty million. Yeah, I can't see it myself somehow. You know, um, so I don't know. It's a tough one. Um, yeah, he definitely looks lost on the wing. Um, I, I, I suppose we need to find, if, if we're going to keep hold of him and, and start playing him more, then find the best position for him and just stick him there and, and give him more uh, frequency in, in matches instead of just bringing them on every five minutes. I, I think... It, I. I think it's a bit too early to say. Yeah, I don't want to write him off yet. Um, I mean, now he's done something useful. Hopefully, he can build on that. Um, one concern I do have is that he he tends to wait for the ball to come to him. He doesn't. Mm. I don't think he's he's got a foot. He hasn't got a sufficient footballing brain at the moment. Um, he needs to look for the ball more. You know, I noticed yesterday a lot of the time he was over on the on, on the wing. He was just waiting, and when he got it, he he. he he was juggling about with it, doing a bit of a, doing a bit of a, a, a dance um, before deciding whether to cross or whether to knock it off to somebody else. Um, to be honest, he probably wouldn't be on the pitch if Lamella was fit, would he? So it's it's very difficult. I mean, he's got to have chances to show himself, and he's got to have chances to improve. If anybody can improve him, it's going to be Pochettino. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that as soon as Lamella is fit again. He's going to be he's going to be back on the pitch, and Sissoko will will be a, like a, a backup, hopefully a super sub. Who knows? But but you know, I think it's 
it's a case of having to use him now and again. But should he even the play moment. there? Should he even play? I mean, I, well, I, 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 was, I, I was going to say on that. I was going to say on that that first of all, um, when when he first came to the club, my instant reaction was, do you know what? Forget the um, the money because he's got a thirty million pound bullseye painted on him. That's not yeah. his fault. Yeah, the reality is that as a player, if if he was needed by by Pochettino. You know, we're not looking at the Baldini era anymore. Baldini's gone. This is, and, and now Poch is the manager, not just a head coach. He's basically got responsibility for it. And he said, look, you know, this is a player that I can work with. And when you look at him and when you see what he's capable of doing, he plays as a box-to-box midfielder. So you look at the score and say, okay, how many box-to-box midfielders do we have? We have one, Dembele. And what happens when Dembele gets crocked or decides to stick his finger in somebody's eye? We don't have a backup. So he buys Wanyama to back up Dyer. He buys um, Sissoko to back up Dembele. You've now got uh, like for likes in the squad. Yeah. Mm. So so that's perfect. Then, like you said, if he gets played out on the wing, that's not his natural position. Mm. However, that's not an excuse because every single player has been told already. You know, Ericsson's a perfect example. When Pochettino first came, he said, look, I like you, but you're not. you cannot be a luxury player. You've got to play just like everybody else. You're going to have to fight train, run around, you know, everybody goes, yeah, but I can't do that. Well, then you're not going to have a future here. So that was him at the, at the time. So this is the same situation with Sissoko. He's come along. He's, he's not used to playing. I mean, if, if he played this, if he trained this way at Newcastle, Newcastle would probably not be in the championship because they're a very different side. They're, they're a different squad. They've been managed differently. He's come here. You know, we, Pochettino has a very aggressive method of of training and playing and he expects 100% and it's all about fitness and it's all about awareness so he's he's got a squad already at that level those who weren't going to play ball have have left Adebayor um, you know uh, um, Kapoor that kind of thing and uh, therefore he's got a squad which understands the philosophy of how to play he's seen that Sissoko can do that and when you see Sissoko playing for France Playing through the middle, he he looks he just looks dynamite. You think, do you know what he he does? What Dembele does, and then he comes to Spurs, and um, you think, great, you know what? When Dembele is not here, he can he can play in that role. So if he if he gets shunted out on the wing, um, of course, at some time he'll be needed to to do that. But right now, you know, he's still in his infancy, and like Pochettino said the other week, he's not ready. And if he's not ready, I'm not going to pick him ahead of Harry Winks or. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers, all these other guys who are who have been training, who are at the level and they're ready to play. I mean, but, but the way the, the way the media reads that is, oh, that means that um, basically you know, he doesn't like him. It doesn't mean he doesn't like him. He's just saying he's just not ready, and it's, I'm, I'm not going to play him just because of the money. If you take um, Dembele, I mean. We know that the season he had last season, but the season before that, Pochettino's first season, Dembele was in and out of the team. Last season, one of the noticeable things about Dembele was that he was a lot fitter. And and I think the same with Sissoko, if you take the fact that he's he joined us very late. So he hasn't um he's not accustomed to Pochettino's tough training methods. That's gonna take take some time to get used to. And it also, if you if you think he's just come from a team that's got relegated, Newcastle. Now we know that Newcastle were poor. Cause that's what that you know they got relegated. But but do we know the extent to that, that that they were poor? For example, do we know anything about their training and methods? You know, he might be way off. Um, we've you know he's probably way off um, the fitness levels that that that, that require in his in his defence. Um, I'd say that 
Um, and also in his defence, I'd say he's he's playing, he's not playing in his right favoured position. So I think it's too early to to write them off. The only thing I would say is, um, and this goes back to what you were saying earlier, Greg, when he came on, he looked laboured in his movement. He just looked lazy. And I looked at Winks, who came on at the same time. And all right, Winks was playing in a more central position, so he's not stuck out wide. But Winks was just running, coming back, looking for the ball constantly, asking for the ball. And he was just... And and Sissoko, the contrast couldn't be any more different. He was just sort of strolling around the pitch, just waiting for the ball to to, to come to him, which was disappointing. But um, there's definitely a player there, you know, um, the price tag, as you said, Dev, that's not his fault. Um, it, <laughs> if he was a free transfer yeah, job, absolutely, yeah, it would yeah. be a whole. Everyone would look at the whole Sissoko situation in a new light. Yeah. So, oh yeah. He's mm. he's a he's a France international. I don't know how many caps he, he's he's got. Um, he played well in the Euro, so there is a player there. Um, but it's just far too early, um, I think, for anybody to pass any judgment on him. Um, okay, though, let's look. Look forward. Um, we've got also, also Jab. One more thing. Lamella got a lot of grief, and again for the same reasons when he first arrived, the yeah. price tag. That's not his fault. The fact was that yeah. that's how the markets play. That if you want this player, if you really want him, you'll pay what we ask for. And if we ask for twenty-seven million, you'll pay for it. If we ask for thirty million, if you really want him, you'll pay for it. Yeah. And that's what's happened. So um, <laughs> it's you know, I, I'm as far as I'm concerned, I'm confident that he'll come good because Pochettino would not have asked for him. Uh, and I'm sure Levy said, look, they're asking for 30 million. Do you really want him? And Pochettino said, yes, I do really want him. Okay, in that case, I'll pay the money. Mm. Incidentally, uh, Sissoko has 50 caps for France. Okay, that's, that's a reasonable amount. That's a reasonable amount. And he's playing with, yeah. his, he's playing with his skipper um, uh, for the national side of the race. So if anybody can get the yeah. best out of him, I think that that, that, will, that, will, that will help the fact that he's there with Hugo. Um, right, just looking ahead to next week, we've got CSK in the middle of the, middle of the week. Um, quickly, if I go around, starting with Dev, predictions, and do you think he'll play the same... Well, do you, what team do you think he'll go with? Will he play the same team that started yesterday? Uh... No, I don't think he will. I think he'll change the fullbacks um, and maybe a couple of people in throughout the rest of the team. I think he's real. Well, the, the reality is that we're you know we're either fighting for third or we're going to finish bottom of of our group. And you know, I don't know which is a better option. If you look at Chelsea and Liverpool this season, how they're playing without uh, Europe, I mean, it's great. You know, Champions League is different matter altogether. So I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not besmirching the Champions League but if it's the Europa League and not having it um, means that you can focus more energy on fit players you know once playing once a week then I'm sure Pochettino will he's, he has said that in the past as well um, and I think he'll he'll he's not going to put a weekend side out but I think he's going to uh, play for uh, a, a Europa free season so but I, and besides I, I also think that regardless of what happens, I think we're going to find it very tough because of the Wembley thing. I think we're really struggling at Wembley Stadium and I'm I'm kind of bricking it for next season when we play all our league games there. I'm, I'm not optimistic about that. Mm. Um, I, I don't know how you feel, Jack, because you go every week, you know, and the, the atmosphere at the lane um, compared to the atmosphere at Wembley Stadium. You know, it's not anyone's fault. It's just the dynamics are different because of 
the fact that you've not got the same um, same sections of fans yeah. sitting where knowing you know they're just having that dynamic. Um, so I'm, I'm really I'm really pessimistic about it. if anything if we lose on on in midweek uh, against Moscow, it's not going to be because of the team. It's just I think it's going to be because of the whole Wembley thing. But that's something we've got to just we've got to we've got to learn to deal with because as you say next season we're playing there so you know maybe in a sense we need to go out there and just be positive and, and win the match mm. um, just to break that psychologically that that barrier and and, and that sort of hoodoo. But um, Greg, what team does he go for and what's your prediction for that match? Uh, I think he may well he may well rest. Walker, because Trippier's available, isn't he? Mm. So he may well rest Walker and put Trippier in. Um, Davis is still out, isn't he? Yeah, so as far as I know, yeah. I don't know what he'll do there. Toby, I, d- I don't know. Maybe I don't know that he'll start him. Um, I think he'll. I think he'll probably play. Um, but he might start him because he did that with with Vertonghen mm. last season, didn't he? He just put him straight back in. Um, I think the Winks will start as well. I think Harry Winks will start this one. Okay, and prediction? Uh, two nil. To CSK. Hardly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Europa League Thursday night, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. Um, Rob, prediction? Um, I, I, I think he's going to swap the teams around. He's going to like uh, Greg says. Uh, Trippy will come out. Uh, I think Enduku will start. He'll, he'll try and rest as many of our big players uh, for the Man United game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can win it. You know, uh, we we haven't done too bad. We didn't do too bad. I think we beat them last time, didn't we? We did, but they're also they've they've done really well with last minute goals against the other guy, uh, the other teams in the group, haven't they? Yeah. So they're no pushovers themselves. They've done a one all. They've lost three nil, drew one all, lost against us. Yeah, so, so Moscow, the last six, they haven't won them, but they've had four draws and two losses. So, yeah, there is hope for us. <laughs> I'm not mm. sure how much hope, but yeah, I think he's gonna. I would say rest a lot of the big players for the Man United match. But I think a one nil for us, maybe. Okay, and Europa football. Um, it's a shame that a draw um, wouldn't. If a, if, if a draw was sufficient for us to finish fourth and fourth in the group, and not qualify for the Europa, I'd happily take that. But um, the only result that's gonna gonna. Um, mean that we won't qualify for, or drop into the Europa would be to lose the match. I don't really want us to lose a game of football. And I don't mm. want us to lose at Wembley because I want I want us to. Um, I think we're going to win two nil and play some champagne football, and then we're all going to be wondering why couldn't we do this earlier in the tournament? <laughs> and I think um, I yeah. think I think you know there won't be any pressure, and we'll just go out and play. And I think Toby will. Will come back, and I think he'll probably push Dyer further up and give in the midfield and give Wanyama a rest, maybe. Um, and I think the only other change might be Trippier then for for Walker. Um, it's got one eye on, one eye on, 
while I'm on Sunday, which is um, the next thing I was going to come on to. So predictions for Sunday and a question from Joey Pogo. What tactics and 11 should we employ to defeat Man United? Um, Greg, if I come to you. Uh, more of the same, really. Keep doing what we did yesterday. Um, they're, they're, they're just a team. They're, they're, I mean, yeah, they are kind of special, but they're not as special as they were when Fergie was there. Um, we, we, we don't have to be frightened of anybody now either. You know, a couple of seasons ago, we might have said, oh, my God, it's Man United. But even then, we beat them 2-1 at their place, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't it Dempsey got, got the winning goal or something? So... Yep. I I think that um, I think we can do it again. That they're, they're not such a a big scary monster anymore. I don't see why we can't go there and, and win win two one again. And that's going to be my prediction. Okay, so two one, more of the same in terms of approaching the match and starting eleven, same as yesterday. Um, well, obviously Toby, if he's fit, <laughs> yeah, okay. not going to leave him out. Um, I'd love Lamella to be fit, but you know we don't really know what's going on. We know he's got hip injury. But we don't know why it's taken so long to clear up. If and Lamella was fit, I'd say Lamella as well. But and if to- Toby starts, who makes way? Well, Dyer would slip in next to Dembele. Yeah, yeah, I'd be tempted to do that. Drop one armor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Dev, prediction? Uh, I think we'll win there. Um, I think that United are getting such an easy ride in the, in the media because of Mourinho. Um, they are atrocious the guy has pissed 200 million pounds into transfers and signings and for some reason everyone is happily buying the the nonsense that uh, he doesn't have his own team yet it's going to take two seasons it's going to take three seasons your expectations are too high this player can't he bought Mkhitaryan who was the Bundesliga's player of the year now whether he came as part of a deal a sweetener for the Pogba deal or whatever I don't know because Pogba and Mkhitaryan have the same agent I don't know if that was part but the reality of it is is that Mourinho wanted that player and now he's turned around and said oh he's not he's not good enough he's not ready enough whatever the fact is they've got problems and they've not been um, convincing enough uh, like Greg said they're no longer the same team that they were under Fergie and we actually beat them I think AVB yeah, uh, AVB's team beat Fergie's team at Old Trafford, so we've done that, and uh, we've beaten them since then as well. So, um, so we can definitely do it again. I think with uh, Toby coming back, um, Harry Kane's already back, and we've got that spine there. That will uh, will be um, good enough for us to get a win there, and I, and I reckon we'll uh, we'll win two one or three one. Okay, Rob. Yeah, I'm thinking. Uh... Same formation, keep keeping our four two three one going. Um, slipping Dyer in next to Dunbelly if uh, Toby's back as well. Um, I don't see any changes up front. Um, Ericsson, Ali, and Son are still pretty good. Um, Sonny's got that lovely burst of speed, uh, as he proved yesterday. Um, but it, it's a bit of a tough one because I thought Wanyama did very well yesterday. Mm. Um, he had some very lovely uh, tackles and, and, a, and a couple of nice um, passes as well. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to win 2 uh, 1. 
Okay. Gosh, you're all an opt- optimistic lot. I was ho- hoping one of you would say we, we might draw or, or be a bit more realist. Um, right, we're going to go there, win 3-0, um, I think. And I think it'd be, assuming Lamella's still still out, I think it'd be the same starting eleven with the exception of Toby. I think he'll come in and... And I think that... I mean, there's not much in it. I think that um, between Dyer and Banyama, there's really not much into it. Part of me would like to see... Like us to drop Wanyama and and not because he's played badly, but just because I'd like to see the 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 the, the Dyer Dem, Dembele partnership from last season resume. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, there's not much in it. If I wouldn't lose sleep, whoever he who went for, I think I've got a feeling he might drop Dyer and keep Wanyama and go with Toby at the back. And I think we'll, we'll win that three 0 I think the crucial thing for me will be how we start that match and. If we can start and play the way that we played against City um, and just press them very early on, and if we can keep it tight for the first 20 minutes. If you remember, not last season, but the season before, um, when we lost there, I think it was 3-0, we got off to a bad start. Um, and it, I think it was just after the Capital One Cup final, and it might we might have had a bit of a hangover after that. So I remember we, we didn't do particularly well in the league matches after that cup final but um we didn't start well early in in, in that m- match and they scored one and then the second one came and, and and so forth so i think if we allow them to play early on then i think they'll punish us um even though i don't think they're a particularly good side so i i think the key for me is we start well we play a high, high press game and if there's one player that we've got to stop i think it's michael carrick because i think he's the one that pulls all the strings for them um, however old he is, 30-something or another. Um, but I, st- I still rate him. I think he's a really good footballer. Um, and I think if we can stop him, um, then I think we will we will win that. And I think we'll win that convincingly 3-0. Um, and Mr Mourinho will be sent to the stands, um, crying <laughs> like a baby. Right, um, we're gonna, we'll do some more questions in the second half of the podcast. Here's Bex with this week's Spurs Ladies Update. Hola, people. It's Bex to um, update you on the ladies' team and what they've been up to. Girls played today in the first round of the FA Cup. They played Leighton Orient Women's FC at Chesson. That was a one o'clock kickoff for a change, which confused me because normally it's two. Girls run out 1-0 winners. A really, really close game. I think Leighton Orient gave us a much harder game than any of the team had anticipated. However, we all know about the magic of the FA Cup, so perhaps that's what it was. Orient don't play in the same division as us, so um, I think that's why Spurs maybe expected an easier game. Goal was scored by Wendy Martin, who does indeed score when she wants. Next scheduled game is next Sunday the 11th, and that's in the Women's Premier League Cup. Play Crystal Palace again, that's at Chesson, and that's a two o'clock kickoff, which, you know, works for me. So anybody who has some time, go and watch them. They are definitely worth seeing. They know how to score. Mind you, after yesterday, so do the boys. Anyway, that aside, um, so that's it for this week. I have nothing else to tell you. If anybody wants to ask me any questions, I am on Twitter at BunchesBex or contactable via the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast Facebook page. Cheers, bye-bye. Right, welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Um, Let's finish off with some questions. Richard Healy, do you think we are in a better position to win the league this year than last? Why and or, or why not? I would, okay. I I would say no. Um, I think we may play just as well, 
Um, now we've got a bit of experience of a title chasing run in that we kind of screwed up last last season. But Chelsea and, and City, I don't think you know City will come back on form again. Um, whereas they weren't. Well, City had a go, I suppose, but Chelsea were completely out of it last season. Liverpool, I th- <laughs> I thought this before um, I heard about today's result, but I thought their defence will let them down again. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's going to come true. Uh, doesn't mean we can't win it, though, but I, I, I certainly wouldn't say we're in a better position to win it this year than last. Uh, I th- I, I... It all comes down to the draws, I think. It's gonna you know, we we've had too many draws for the this part you know, the early part of the season. Um well, We did and, also like, sorry Rob, we we also did at the same same point last season. Oh, yeah. Um but I, I I don't think unless something amazing happens and we get our um pressing game back, um I I don't think we're gonna win the league. Uh, but we will be pushing uh, top four, I think. Yeah, definitely. yeah. Okay, Dev? Uh, on the face of it, you'd think no, because we're seven points off the uh, top spot. And, um, you know, last season we were like the revelation side, well, apart from Leicester, of course. But, uh, you know, the, the fact is, if you look at where Leicester are now, they've had the hangover and they've been caught out. You know, everyone's looked at their team and said, okay, we know how to play them. Well, without our spine, we're still there. We're, we're, we're in fifth. Um, we're still playing Pochettino's brand of football. And um, we've got, I think the most important thing is we've got that mental uh, strength now, which we didn't have last season at the end because the uh, the game at Stamford Bridge proved that, that you know, when, when it came to, we had a very young squad. There were, they were playing high pressure week in week, and, and then right at the end, when you put them in that that powder keg situation, uh, they uh, they didn't they just lacked that mental resolve purely because of age, if nothing else. Uh, it's just it's just too much to take in. Um, but this season, they've learned from that, and uh, we can. I'm I'm not saying we will, but we we certainly can. I don't think it's unrealistic to uh, to expect it. You know, we we went so close last season that that doesn't just you know. Uh, just disappear. It means a lot. It wasn't a joke that we were there. Mm. Definitely not. Um, okay. Well, I think we're going to win the league. I said that at the beginning of the season. I said that <laughs> in the middle of the season or earlier in the season. I'm still saying that now. Um, I think it's going to be more difficult this season because, you know, whereas last season you had Leicester, um, this sort of surprise outfit that were doing quite well, and but we sort of expected them. Everybody sort of expected them at some point to drop off, but but they never did. There wasn't really much of a challenge from anyone else. Um, Woolwich were there. Um, they didn't actually challenge for the title in, in the last few weeks or months of the season, but they still managed to sneak in ahead of us. Um, and, and everybody else was, was just way off. Chelsea, United, Liverpool in transition. City had their problems. Um, this season, you know, Chelsea looked really strong. Um Woolwich is obviously still there. Liverpool are a better outfit than last season. Um, United, I probably expected more from them, but I've I not been really impressed with them. But we can't write write them off. They're going to be sniffing for well, certainly for top four. I think they'll be sniffing. I don't. I don't see them winning the league. Um, and then you've got ourselves. So it, it, it's going to be tougher in that respect. When I look at the teams around us doing a lot better than they, than they did last season. Um, 
that's that's certainly the the cons. But the pros are, I think we're you know we had a young team last season. We're still a relatively young team, but we, we've got the experience now of, of last season. Um, we've added one Yama. I know people say that have we improved our squad um, or our team? It's questionable. You know, Janssen and and Sissoko we mentioned earlier um, still settling in. Still not the players maybe we we hope we had signed. But I think Wanyama is a really important addition um, and gives us that strength and depth. Um, should something, for example, happen to to, to Dyer, um, we also know that we've got the option of playing Dyer at the back now. Last season, we, we were relying on that Alderweireld Vertonghen partnership, and if anything happened to them, yes, we could have dropped Dyer and played him at the back, but then we would have lost his presence in the midfield. This season, we've got the luxury of being able to play Wanyama, so that that gives us the option of, for example, playing Dobie, um, playing Dyer at the back. Um, I I think we have drawn a lot of games, as you said earlier, Rob. But we also drew a lot of games last round about the same time last autumn, and actually the beginning of the season. Points wise, after the same number of games, we're pretty much in the same well, we're same position in the league as we were last year, fifth at this point going into December. Um, Points-wise, we're pretty much the same. Defeats-wise, only one defeat. I think we got our second defeat last year in December to Newcastle. Um, you know, last year, we picked up a lot of points over December and January, and that put us in a, put us second on the table come, come Feb. So if we, we've got lots of winnable fixtures in December. We've beaten Swansea convincingly. We've got four more games in December. If we win all of those, or we'll even get 12 points out of... Sorry, even get nine, uh, ten points out of twelve of those remaining games. We'll go into January, I think. Plus, some of the the teams around us in in the top four have to play each other. Um, we'll probably go into January fourth or third in the table, which is, I think, the same sort of position we were last January when we played Leicester. And January, we've got Chelsea. Um, if we, and this is all ifs and buts, but if we if we were then to beat Chelsea rather than what happened last season when we, when we played Leicester and we lost at home. Um, there's no reason why we couldn't find ourselves suddenly near a second in the table just as we did last Feb. So things things can change around quickly and we're not, position-wise, we're not too dissimilar to where we were last season. Um, points-wise, seven points behind Chelsea. I think at this stage it was probably about seven points behind Leicester as well. So... Um, lot of football to be played if titles aren't won this time of year no, if we put a run not. in 14 feet you know liverpool used to do this back in the day united if you if you're in a healthy position come christmas um and it's still in the mix which we are um the gap's already what we're only three points now behind liverpool and city yeah four right. four points behind arsenal okay chelsea a li- little bit more um if we put together, a, a, or any team puts together a, a run at this point, um, like a 14-match, 15-match unbeaten run, but with lots of wins in um, along the way, they'll be in a very strong position come come the business end of the season. Um, so it's too early, but I think I think we can do it. I honestly believe we can do it. I, um, I think it'll be more difficult, but then. Uh, I think we've got the experience of last season. Last season, we punched above our weight. Um, people going about Leicester, but it was really, I think it was really impressive that with such a young team, we did as well as we did. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, one thing 
that um, you know, we need to bear in mind is that at the beginning of the season, if you'd have said to me, right, with the exception of your own team, who do you think is going to win the league? I would have just said, well, obviously Manchester City. Yeah, that you know because of the Guardiola effect. And they started off amazingly. And then suddenly they got found out by us, uh, Celtic, and uh, I think they played another team in the league. And um, suddenly they were looking vulnerable. But that's that's obvious because they're, they're starting with a new manager who's, who's got his own ideas and he's, he's still trying to embed that into his squad. Now, they, they went from top place to fourth. Yeah, Chelsea, who were supposed to be this project happening over a while because they've got a squad that had disharmony in it. Conte mm. didn't really light up the Euros. No one really knew much about him. They started slowly. People were wondering what was happening there. And now suddenly you look at you look at Conte and everyone's talking about the, the, the Conte formation, the Conte tactic. Suddenly he's he's become like the go-to man. Let's do what he's doing. And that's why they've taken that time over about two months and they, they lost against the Gooners. And now you look at them and think, God, you know, how good are they? And yet, despite that, we gave them a really good game. In the first half at Stamford Bridge this season, um, they were they were petrified. They're like, these guys are really up for it. I think someone asked a question earlier about Ericsson. You know, he is a big match player. Uh, you know, he probably doesn't hasn't been doing it week in, week out. But in the big games against when we when we played the Gooners, he was good. And when we played at the bridge, again, you know, he was he was playing really well. So um, you know, those sides that they're they're going from periods of um, you know, learning how to get like a rhythm going. Or they think they've already got it, and and you've got that all, all over the place. Liverpool today, perfect example. Before now, they're like, well, yeah, you know, Liverpool, yeah, obviously, you know, they're they're looking, and yeah, everyone's keep saying, yeah, but their defense, their defense. And today they they got spanked four three. They lost three goals in the last ten minutes or twelve minutes, and there there are no runaway teams out there. We're in there. There's one of one of the top five will win the title, and mm. we're in that top five. United won't win the title. Just one thing before before I go, go move on to the next question. Just very quickly, you mentioned Conte and that formation. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone's going on about this back three that he's playing, right? Bollocks! Mm-hmm. Because we, I know we don't play mm-hmm. with a back three, but last season and even this season, Watford, yeah, well, well yeah, that's okay. Right, yeah. In terms of um, in terms of uh, a starting formation, yeah, Watford. But actually, if you look at over the course of the season, if you take Pochettino's favoured favoured 4-2-3-1 system, yes, we line up in that way, but how do we actually play? Often we play with Vertonghen and, going back to last season, Vertonghen and, and Toby as the as the centre-backs. Dyer dropping back mm. quite often. He would drop back from midfield. That that mm. back two would become a back three. And the full-backs that started, up, started in a 4-4-2, they pushed so far forward that they're actually playing like wing backs so people can go on about the Chelsea formation but we're the ones that are playing with full backs that are way up the pitch um and uh yeah but again we don't we don't get the credit that we deserve but that's that's another no, story and, and, and that was that was the point I was trying to make which is when it comes to the public perception there are a lot of teams which the media are very forgiving about like um, Chelsea, United, Liverpool, Arsenal, because mainly because a lot of ex-pros are are giving their opinions, whereas there aren't many uh, ex-pros from our club, and therefore it's like an easy target to bash. Oh, look at Spurs! Yeah, yeah, you know this isn't happening. That isn't happening. Blah blah blah. They were awful in the Champions League. Well, hang on a minute. The reality is that you know it's our first season in the Champions League after ages. Every other team that. Uh, that that had that experience. Manchester City being a perfect example last season, I think. You know, they they struggled to get out of their group as well. So 
um, I think it's it's unfair to to give us um, that that grief that that we get, but we just get on with it because we know that the fact is that it's it's just a media painted picture of of you know Chelsea are like this, United are like that. But look at Spurs. Mm. Okay. Um, question from Stacey Cheese: Do we miss Toby more than Harry when injured? No. Yeah, I'd say no as well. No, I'd, I'd, I'd have to say no. Um, I think probably as much um, as when Harry was was out and Toby as well. Um, we didn't have, although we weren't losing games. Um, Toby, I think Toby does make us a little stronger, mm-hmm. as does Harry. Um, so I, I, I think for me, no, we're not weaker. Um, but probably do miss them as much. I, I, well, I, I was going to say I, I enjoy seeing them on the pitch. Yeah. And when they're not there, then I do miss them. I miss t- I miss um, Harry's goals certainly. Mm. Um, it's, it's difficult. I've been, both are integral. Both are integral part part of that team. Um, arguably, we've got a bit more cover with 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 Toby. Dyer isn't Toby, exactly. but yeah. he can come in. We don't really have that cover up front, if we're honest. And watching yet yesterday, watching, and I know that each player is different, and the way that Janssen play, plays, he tends to hold the ball up and, and whatever but you look at Kane he's he's as well as his goals and all the obvious stuff he's runs he's very intelligent he can drop back into 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 areas pick up the ball and and he scores goals and 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 he's in the right place okay one of his goals yesterday was was, was a penalty but the other his second goal um you know he, he gets in the right place at the right time there was another chance he had when um, he threw on goal and um Fabianski made a save would Janssen have done that? That's that's the thing that, and I don't want to be super critical of Janssen. Um, and I still, I think he'll come good. I really hope he does. Uh, just as I said, I said about Sissoko, but that's a crucial thing for me. Kane is on the end of stuff, even if it's tappings. We don't see that with Janssen. Yeah, you have to be in the you have to be in the right position. I mean, this was all Ericsson yesterday. He 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 didn't hang back when that ball got knocked up into the air he was in the right place i don't know if he headed it in or if it just hit him and went in or whatever but he had to be there to get the goal hmm. okay um question from ed brown good, good question here ericsson is he the is he the footballing equivalent of a flat track bully i think it's the opposite or whatever a flat track is he's a um he's a rock craggy rock bully <laughs> But, but I don't. I think he could do more in the quote lesser games. Um, but I think he shows up for the big ones. Okay. Yeah, so do I. I actually had to look up what a flat track bully was. I didn't. I didn't know what it meant. So my answer would be no. I think he can turn it on against anybody. Yeah. Um, also, after looking at, at the definition of a flat-track bully, a sports person who dominates inferior opposition but who cannot beat top-level opponents. No, I don't think he's a flat-track bully. I think he can beat, beat them all. I think he just needs to be a bit more consistent, that's all, really. Um, yeah. We know what he can do. 
I, and I, I think, think you prefer to see it happen against the, the weaker teams more because you know he he's that good. Yeah. Okay. Final two questions. Um, uh, not a Spurs one necessarily. Um, David Fornell, what three teams would you like to be relegated this season, Rob? If I come to you. Uh, well, let's see. Swansea because they they um, having a pretty poor season and I, I think they need to go down to bounce back. Um. And you know, Leicester City. I'd like to see them go down. I'd like to see them be a what I call a yo-yo team, you know, almost relegated the season before, win the Premier League last season, and then actually go down this season. That would just be icing on the cake for Leicester, especially Riyad Mahrez giving it ha ha ha. Tottenham were a joke, um, and just because I don't like them, wet spam. Mhm. Okay, Dev. Um, well, Rob's kind of stolen a bit of my thunder, but but being geographically based in Leicester, right? I, I'm kind of catching dibs on this one, but yeah, absolutely. First of all, I would love just in pure Kevin Keegan mode, I would love it, love it if they went down, um, just because of the uh, the smugness and uh, the fact that they've been found out, and um, it would just be hilarious. I just love that. Uh, secondly, West Ham, just be, just for the uh, the fallout because um, they they kind of have that Arsenal fans TV thing just bubbling away. You can see it. It's like they they just lose their shit, and God God knows what would happen if they actually did get relegated. Especially with the whole look at us with our fancy new stadium. Oh shit, the stadium isn't so great. And then just to see the seventh level of hell below that. And I suppose for no other reason but um, Sunderland, just because I'm just fed up of them, just lingering around like a fart that just won't go away. Just, listen, just piss off, yeah. Go into the championship. Let somebody else come up who wants to. Someone like Watford or Bournemouth or or Burnley, who you know, Burnley have got a small budget, but they they're triers. They're trying. You can when you watch, and you think, okay, it's Burnley, but I'll watch them. When you watch Sunderland, you think, oh God, not Sunderland, please. Yeah, just piss off. Go into the championship and don't come back. Yeah, at least try. But that's so those three. Sorry, Jermaine. <laughs> <laughs> I had to laugh, actually. Um, the Skybet Championship post on Twitter today. Uh, anyone else see it? No. no. Uh, it, it actually said, yes, we miss you too at West Ham fans. Oh, yes, that's right. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've got a, fa- I've got a fantasy, uh, fantasy answer. And a real answer. Fantasy answer would be Arsenal, Chelsea, Chelsea Liverpool. We're not West Ham. <laughs> no, they're in my real answer. <laughs> a real answer: West Ham for being West Ham. Leicester to screw up their fairy tale, and yeah. Sunderland because they've had too many close shaves. <laughs> their time has come. Um, I'm the only Swansea at the moment. Then. Well, okay. So for me. Um, West Ham would West Ham have got the privilege of being both in my fantasy and my and and my actual answer. So, um, <laughs> the, uh, fantasy answer obviously West Ham, Chelsea, and 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 Woolwich. Um, but that's not two of those teams certainly won't be anywhere near the relegation zone, alas. Um, so I'd go for West Ham. Um, horrible team, horrible fans, horrible owners. Um, 
Leicester City. That would be funny, um, particularly in light of what Riyad Mahrez said this week um, about mm. the most funniest moment of last season was, was Spurs' title challenge collapsing. Um, what would be funny would be... Um, well, I think looking at their fixture running, um, it's quite conceivable come 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 January that they might be um, Leicester City might be in in the bottom three. How the how the mighty have fallen if that happens. Um, Happy New Year to you, Mr. Morris. Um, so Leicester, West Ham, and then a third team. Um, realistically. I don't know. I don't think there's anybody. Um, West Brom, but they're six on the table. They're not going to go <laughs> yeah. down. Um, I looked. At, I looked at them as well, Jab. Palace. I, I looked at them. Mm. Palace, and not because I've I've got nothing against Crystal Palace. I, I don't mind them being in the Premier League, but just I would just like them to get relegated with Pardew. I completely um, agree with that. that would on be, that one, um, that would be amusing. But well, no, yeah, I've got nothing it's just against. That the whole... Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um, final question. Um, so this is one that we've, we've done the past few, few weeks. Um, Nick Seals' question: If you could be any Spurs player, past or present, who would you be, um, Greg? I would choose Alan Gilzean, so I could play alongside Jimmy Greaves, and I'd be a pretty damn good player as well. Good answer, Rob. Um. I'd probably have to go for Jimmy Greaves to be a damn good player. <laughs> um, Me and you up front, then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dev? Well, I, I grew up... When I played football and I grew up, uh, I was I always thought of Gary Lineker, so uh, I'd, I'd still go with Gary Lineker today. Fair enough. Okay. Um, not on the running order, but I've got a question for, for all of you. Um, uh, it's a bit of a... Um, sort of quiz type question. Um, Spurs versus Arsenal, nineteen ninety four. Um, what was the result, Dev? What league cup? Um, that, that I'm not going to specify. Just, just was just, that at home or away? Just, just, just the result. Oh, hang on. Was it two one? Gary Lineker scoring the winner. Okay, next, Greg. Yeah, everybody's only going to get. You're, you're only getting. You're only going to get one bite at the cherry. I'll say whatever Dev said because I'm crap at this kind of question. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's another podcast and they start off with all these quizzes. You've been on it, you know, and they frighten me. Although I think the other week they did get some some it wrong and I got it right and I should really tell them. There but anyway, um, yeah, I'll I'll go with with Dev. I two, don't know. Two one. Um, Rob. Um, are we talking ninety three, ninety four? We're talking. We're talking nineteen ninety four. I know a draw. Okay, can I elaborate on that? Nil nil, a one all, a two all, a six all. Uh, one all. One all. Okay. All right. Um, none of you got the question right. So, if anybody knows the answer to the question, I know the answer to the question. If anybody, any of our listeners know the answer to to, to the question, they can um, email us or they can um, comment on the Tom Watts for family podcast facebook page or they can tweet us um at chf podcast so spurs versus arsenal 1994 can you tell me the score line right on that note thank you <laughs> thank you greg <laughs> thank you very much i've enjoyed it cheers thank you dev 
Thank you very much, Jav, and thank you, gents, as well, for uh, having me. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. That's right. Cheers, mate. Um, thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll be recording the next podcast a week Monday. We're not recording next Sunday. We'll be reco- recording next Monday, so something will go out Monday evening. Um, and as ever, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Yeah. Uh-huh.